Hi, my name is Tim Minnett, I'm from the Surpass team here at BTR and I'll be your host today and today I'm joined by Kat Owens from the UX team. Hi. Hi. Kat. Hi. Now I sent you on a little mission, didn't I, to the a- ALT conference. Do you want to tell us a bit more about ALT, what it is? Yeah, so ALT is the Association of Learning Technology and a great community of like-minded thinkers who are all looking at bringing technology into the learning space. Uh, the conference is an annual conference. This year it was hosted in Edinburgh. Um, and I got to speak to uh, four delegates um, who went, a couple of them spoke at the conference as well, um, to find out a little bit more about their experience at the conference and, and their kind of perceptions of learning technology. So you spoke to Matt Winkle from the eAssessment Association, uh, Martha Gibson uh, from Edinburgh Business School, also of the eAssessment Association. Uh, Laura Roach from the uh, Biosciences School at Cardiff University and the conference chief executive, uh, Marianne Deepwell. And I, I think what's interesting, you know, you'll, you'll really enjoy this list. There's, there's lots of different themes that, that come out from this, you know, with people talking about you know, how to get the most out of conferences, the power of the keynote, uh, augmented intelligence, uh, educational technology, collaboration, things that you, people have learnt from going through the process of procuring the assessment, their visions, um, and just talking about themes of the conference and the, the strength of it. So let's start with Matt Wingfield. Uh, Matt's a good colleague of mine on the Assessment Association Board. Um, so let's hear what Matt has to say. Over to Matt. So Matt, how have you found the conference so far? I think the, the, the great thing about this particular conference is that it's such a, an engaging community-led event mm. that it's part, you know, so well attended, um, really diverse audience with that common thread of learning technology um, sitting underneath it. So I always find it inspiring. I always find it um, really good to engage and talk to people who are very, very passionate about embedding technology in all of the learning delivery piece that they do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was a, a, a keynote speaker this morning, Jesse Stommel, I think his name was, wasn't it? Um, and he talked quite a lot about that relationship between kind of humans and teaching and technology. What were your thoughts on his talk this morning? So it really resonated with me because, so as a former teacher, I've always been led by pedagogy and how you utilise technology to support the learning process. There, there's, you see so many examples of technology that's just been implemented because it's, it's technology, you know, it's a technology for its own sake, and, and those are the ones that never really achieve great results because they're always fighting against pedagogy in some way or, um, or, or form. Mm. And the technology that really works is the stuff that supports technology. Yeah. So a really good example of this um, is artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. So this is the great thing that's going to <laughs> change everything. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, educators, a lot of educators feel threatened by it. Yeah. And, and Jesse touched on this in his keynote because we're trying, it's, it appears that we're going to try and replace the teacher and automate the teaching process mechanically. And I think, in part, and it's, it's unfortunate, that AI shouldn't stand for artificial intelligence, it should stand for augmented intelligence, because in order to use technology properly in supporting the education process, it is about supporting it, it's not about replacing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that, that resonated with me was that, was that theory of, of 
um, being able to, to use technology to enhance rather than to replace. No, I agree, and I think that, that there was a word you used in that that I think is particularly important, which is enhancing. Mm. So, so again, another thing that I'm very passionate about, and particularly within the e-assessment space, is that technology shouldn't be being used purely to make something or a process more efficient. It might do that, and that's great, and that helps with reducing workload and making things quicker and all of that kind of stuff, which is great. But for technology to really have an impact on education, we need to be enhancing the education process. We need to be looking at using technology in a way that gives us greater insight into a particular scenario or, or, or a particular issue with a student, and allowing assessment to be realistic. So using technology to allow us to assess things that might be difficult to assess in another way. Yeah. Um, or being given, giving students more choice in how they can demonstrate the knowledge and skills that they require. So why do we enforce that students have to write an essay when actually the student might know all of the stuff, but is just a very poor writer? Yeah. And, and so technology gives us the ability to be able to have a video of someone presenting their knowledge mm -hmm. compared equally with an essay. Absolutely. So that's what technology is about, in my mind. It's about enhancing a process, whether that's in learning delivery or whether that's in assessing the output. And is it right that you've got a conference coming up um, that's led by the E-Assessment Association? Yes, yeah, rather scarily. <laughs> um, so, uh, so for many years, the E-Assessment Question Conference has been run by um, two gentlemen, Jeff, Mar Jeff Ross and Martin Rose. Mm -hmm. And they have decided after 17 years of running that conference to step back and retire. Uh -huh. um, and rather than let the conference fizzle, they asked the association um, if we would take it on. And we've always had an association, well, always, over the last um, eight or so years, we've had an association with the conference. And I think many people think it is already our conference, which <laughs> is quite nice, but, but wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, so we've agreed to that and are going through the process of getting that all set up and ready for, um, for next April when the conference will take place in, in London at its um, usual venue at America Square. But it is quite scary because mm -hmm. you don't really fully appreciate what goes on in behind the scenes and setting up a conference until you're charged with doing it. <laughs> but that, that sounds like I'm saying that I'm doing it all because I'm not. There's a, there's a great team um, within the association who are, who are moving all of that forward. But it is a big responsibility. Um, and um, it could go all horribly wrong, but I'm sure it won't. No, I'm sure it won't. Well, best of luck with your conference in April. Thank you for talking to me today and enjoy the rest of the conference. Thanks very much, Kat. It's been a pleasure. So that was Matt speaking. Um, some really interesting points. Obviously, Matt is passionate about learning because, as you heard, you know, his former teaching career had a real part to play in that. Um, and I, I found it quite interesting what you said about you, you can't, you can augment and enhance the, the teaching process, but you can't really replace them. Um, what's your kind of your takeaway from from that? Yeah, I absolutely agree with what he says. You know, we are we are of an era where my two-year-old nephew can pick up an iPad, put in a password, find the game that he wants to play and play a game. So we are we're of an era where technology is, is a part of our lives from the moment we're born pretty much. Um, and so I think that that kind of generates a lot of eagerness from people who understand technology and understand how, how to build technology to push it forward into it being the only thing that matters. And 
I think what Matt really brings out is actually humanity is so important and that human connection. You know, the best people I learnt from at school were the teachers who were really engaged and really enthusiastic and really understood how and why we needed to learn what we were learning. Um, and I that's not something you're ever going to get from technology. But what technology can do is enhance that learning experience. So used in the right way, technology is fantastic. And it is right about the whole idea of you know, giving people that, that um, alternative, personalised route, particularly for assessment, but as well as learning as well. I know Matt's very passionate about the assessment side of things. So next up, uh, you got a chance to chat with uh, Martha Gibson from Edinburgh Business School. Um, now Martha's a member of the SPAS community, uh, so it's fantastic that she was there, um, particularly as it's on a doorstep when they've been Edinburgh. Uh, what did you What did you learn from Martha? Uh, from Martha? Um, so Martha uh, was really interesting to speak to because she was really keen on looking almost more holistically at the conference structure. Um, so she gave us a lot of insight into into how she attends a conference, both kind of obviously physically by location, but also mentally in terms of how she then takes the information from the conference and what she then does with it. Um, so as you'll hear, she'll talk about um, the power of the keynote speaker, um, of which um, ALT has some really good speakers, um, and how she tries to take information from those big ideas and those, those big questions, uh, the big challenges that the keynote offers, um, and then tries to understand how they can be applied throughout the conference, but then also within her job outside of that. Excellent. So let's listen to what Martha had to say. Um, so let's, let's play Martha. Hi, my name is Kat Owens. I am the UX UI designer at BTL and I am here with Martha Gibson to talk about Alt Conference. Hi Martha. Hello. Um, so can you tell me a bit about you, your role um, and what brought you to Alt this year? Yes, so uh, my name is Martha Gibson. I am the e-assessment manager and content developer at Edinburgh Business School at Harriet Watt University. Um, we have come to the conference this year as a team because I work for the online learning team at Harriet Watt University and um, some of my colleagues are presenting um, but we have come just for one day um, because taking the opportunity that it was in Edinburgh <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, uh, yeah, and that we could come along. We'd, we'd never been to this conference um, so we thought it might be interesting um, looking at the programme there's lots of variety um, so it kind of, you know, it speaks to all of us in our different roles in the team. So that's why um, we came this year. But we've also entered um, into the Learning Technologist Team of the Year Award. Uh, so that's the other reason why we're here is because we're waiting to see if we are winners. Yeah, and the announcements tonight, isn't it? <laughs> the announcements tonight. So there's the official award, but then there's the, also the Community Choice Award. And yeah. the Community Choice Award is one where anybody can vote. So we've been running around trying to get everybody to vote for us. So at least we win something. If we don't win the award, we get to win the community choice. Absolutely. Well, who knows? I mean, we have no idea who the competition is. So, yeah. You know. oh, well, best of luck for Thank tonight. Thank you. Let's know how you get on. Yeah. Um, so, like you said, you've just been here to, today, and it's now lunchtime on Wednesday at our conference. Um, what have your thoughts been on the themes and the topics that have been discussed so far this morning? 
Yes, uh, as I said, I mean, the programme is very varied. There seems to be something for everybody. Um, we saw the keynote speaker this morning, Jessie Stommel, Strommel? Stommel. <laughs> um, and uh, that was really interesting. Um, what I quite like when I come to conferences is that the keynote speakers generally give a kind of big picture, big ideas kind of presentation, and then you can kind of take a lot out of that and then apply it to your own context, whatever that context is. Um, but then the, the breakout sessions are a little bit more specific, so that's where you can really kind of deep dive into the, your specialist area that you want. So I, I've only seen the keynote so far, and then I saw a session just now. Um, so I've only seen two things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. Um, I also sat in with Jesse's talk this morning, um, which was really interesting about the, the critical digital pedagogy, is what he called it, yes. wasn't it? Um, and looking at the kind of juxtaposition of, of technology within education versus teaching and education, what those two mean and how they relate or sometimes don't relate to each other. Um, it was interesting that he talked so much about Turnitin um, and, yes. and was quite um, plating of Turnitin as one of the exhibitors yes. at this conference. And Canvas, who yes, are not exhibitors at this conference. Yeah. And we use Canvas yeah. uh, as a platform, so that for us was particularly interesting that yeah. he selected out of all the BLEs, Canvas was the one that yeah. he selected. Yeah, yeah, so very interesting in that respect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think he made some really good points around, um, you know, that technology isn't there to overtake, it's not there to replace. Um, but I think there's also there's also a really kind of keen um, undertone of technology being a support mechanism mm -hmm. rather than it being something that, that does take over and that, that replaces teachers. Because he's absolutely right, you can't replace what human connection and human mm -hmm. knowledge brings to students. But there are also ways in which you can use technology to yeah. enhance. Um, and I think e-assessment is, is one of those in that you are then giving the opportunity for more inclusive assessment rather than exclusive mm -hmm. assessment, which is often seen in, in the kind of pen and paper exam. Um, so yeah, I was, I was very interested in, the, in his conversation around technology and uh, where investment should be as well. Yes, and I think a lot, a lot of people kind of see tech as the be-all and end-all and it's the, mm -hmm. you know, it's the 360 solution to your you know, what you want to do, but actually it isn't. It's a no. tool, and yes, it has a lot of variety within that, but, you know, it's still a tool yeah. that, you know, you have to kind of feed into exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it's that uh, changing people's perceptions a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think here we're all invested because we're all working in, in that industry. Yeah. Um, but then, I, you know, in my job, I work with uh, academics who have no idea. They, you know, their job is to teach their subject, and then they expect the VLE to kind of do everything that they they want, and you know, mm. try to negotiate with them and say, well, no, you tell me how you want to to you know design an activity, yeah. and then I'll kind of apply it to a VLE and see how it works. Yeah. So yes, it's a <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a constant negotiation. Yeah, absolutely. Has there been anything that you've seen or heard, whether it's uh, presentations or conversations that you've had at ALT so far, or even in the run-up to ALT when you've been talking with your colleagues and your team who are presenting here? Mm -hmm. Have you got anything that you've kind of, nuggets of information that you've taken away about, oh, I could, I could potentially kind of build on that? Mm -hmm. I think, uh, not, not really, but 
I always try to kind of take a really practical approach if I'm presenting at a conference mm. because that's the way I would respond well to um, a speaker is like kind of practical takeaways that I can write down three things at the end of it and go, right, those are really interesting. Let me see how I can apply that to my own context. Yeah. So when I present, that's how I quite like to do it as well. So I, that's the approach I'm going to take. Yeah. Um, my colleagues who uh, presented at ALT or are presenting at ALT, they're doing the GASTA sessions, oh, which is fantastic. the five bit. Yeah. Both of, yeah, both of them. And uh, it's, the, it's about being really concise, really clear within five minutes. So, um, yeah, I, I'd quite like to take that approach and, yeah. and just be really clear and what are the takeaways. And yeah. Being, Absolutely. I've done a seven-minute lightning talk before, um, which I feel like the less time you have to present, the more time you spend preparing for it, because you have to be so precise and you have to be so clear. And if there's one thing that doesn't make sense within those seven minutes, those seven minutes are kind of lost. Um, Whereas if you've got 45 minutes or an hour, if one thing doesn't make sense to to the majority of the audience, then that that's kind of 25% of, of your full talk rather than 75%. If yeah, you absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I think it's really important to have a kind of clear message that comes out of a presentation. So, yeah, that's what I'm aiming to do. So that was Martha Gibson speaking from Edinburgh Business School. That was uh, really interesting. I, I thought that was really interesting to hear someone's views on how to make the most of a conference. Um, often we all attend these things and we listen to the keynotes, but... I kind of liked to hear Martha's tips on getting the the most out of the event. Uh, Was that something you were able to relate to as well? Yeah, absolutely. The idea of being able to listen to your keynote speaker in the morning and then try and um, apply the the kind of theory or or the question or the the, the lesson they've given you um, throughout your kind of conference day, but then also taking it back to your role, back to your team and trying to figure out, okay, so what can I actually do with this information? How can I apply this information to my job? Um, Yeah, it's brilliant. It's it's a a kind of very similar mindset that I've gone with, but never really kind of thought about it, articulated it in the way that Martha did, so it was quite inspiring to hear. Yeah, and as someone who organises conferences, it's it's great to hear people actually do enjoy the keynotes and and take value from it, so that's that's awesome. Um, Also what's awesome is that they went on to win the Learning Technology Team Award, I think it was, Mm -hmm. wasn't it? So... um, that's brilliant news. I bet they must have been really excited about that. Yeah, they were super chuffed, and it was it was really great to to see them get something back from all of the effort that they've put into to bringing the learning technology into into their university, um, and having seen them throughout the day and how they kind of communicated and worked with each other, and, and also kind of how they they divided and conquered <laughs> sessions. Um, it was it was really kind of a well-deserved award, so really pleased for them. Fantastic. And Martha DeServo knows this, is author, also a member of the Assessment Association uh, board, as is uh, Matt and myself. But uh, uh, So it's worth looking at if you're interested in uh, all things e-assessment. Uh, so next up, Laura Roach from the Biosciences School at Cardiff University. Um, now, Laurie, you, you spoke to her about collaboration and particularly about the, uh, well, she had a presentation that was impending later that day, didn't she? Yeah. Um, so let's listen to Laura talk uh, about her anticipation, but also you asked her a very interesting question about her vision for e-assessment. Yeah, so I was really intrigued to find out because she's now kind of at the end of the process of embedding 
um, surpassed into, into the university, so they're, they're starting to actively use the system now. I was really interested to hear about what her, what her vision for the future was, so what, how she expected it to, to develop and grow within, within their, their institution. So, yeah. Excellent. So let's hear Laura then. Over to you, Laura. So how has your experience been up? Alt been so far? Uh, it's been pretty good. It's been really nice to catch up with some uh, old and new faces. Yeah. Um, I've seen people that I used to work with and seen people I currently work with but don't get to catch up with too often. And I've attended some really good talks, yeah. which has been fantastic. What's been the highlight of those talks then? The Lego talk this morning. Oh, so, it was good. Yeah. I'm so good. <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> um, I, I didn't actually attend. I, I, I um, streamed it this morning while I was uh, having my breakfast. But I'm gutted I wasn't there because he actually gave out Lego. I know, I saw. Everybody's got these little ducks now. <laughs> Um, he was getting people to reevaluate um, how they perceive imaginative play and learning and how adults and children learn. Um, and he talked about um, uh, some perceptions people have about uh, children and imaginative play and learning and then how that decreases in adults and whether that's actually the case. Mm -hmm. So when he g actually gave out the Lego ducks and these little bags and had people to put them together, um, you know, people were so engrossed. The the room was silent. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it just really goes to, to show that actually you can embrace ima imaginative play in learning and it doesn't matter how old you are. It, yeah. was, it was really good. There were some excellent takeaway messages. There. Oh, fab. He, the, what was quite interesting was he said he wanted people to work individually on building their ducks. Mm -hmm. And like you say, there was no instru instructions. They just had to think, think about, okay, well, I know what a duck duck looks like yeah and he said but they were still helping each other and he said in school it's called cheating but in work it's called collaboration <laughs> <laughs> yeah such a good point <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so how are you feeling about your talk this afternoon tell us about it uh, I'm okay. <laughs> um, I think the main thing for me has just been around what my key message actually is and I'm not here to talk about the actual e-assessment platforms. Um, I'm here to talk about the process that I went through, and you know, it's been two years of work, mm. and it's been long and it's been hard, but it's been great, and I've really enjoyed it. But if I was to do this again, I would do it very differently. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm really hoping that people will be able to come away and use my talk at least as a bit of a starting point. So my sort of my lessons, so I've got 10 lessons. My lessons are very basic. So one of them is just people, engaging with the right people, thinking about who you need to engage with, and then not moving on from that until you are engaging with the correct people. Yeah. I've had people come into this project um, about 18 months in, and I've said to them, I wish that you come on board 18 months ago, but yeah. neither of us knew that you know that that this either this was happening or that I that I didn't know they needed to be involved. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm really hoping that people will 
just be able to use it as a sounding board and yeah. use a very, very basic framework. Yeah, absolutely. But one thing that's actually come out um, of this process for us is that we are now looking at uh, developing an e-assessment steering group uh, which sits at the top university level mm. um, because that's not something we've had um, yeah. and we currently still don't really have it it's something that's, that's in the pipeline but I kind of uh, went to some key people and said look if you want this to work and you want to be able to scale it or uh, introduce this type of assessment in other parts of the university you have to have a top-down approach mm. I'm not necessarily saying that top-down approach is always the best way um, yeah. but I think you do need to have an element of that in order to make things fit in with um, the regulations and um, making sure the processes are transparent yeah. I think that's really important and yeah. I think something I think we don't see enough of in higher education yeah yeah completely agree um so I don't know whether you've got any thoughts on this but I feel like it's a really interesting question to ask what's your what's your kind of vision for the future of the assessment then gosh <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, over the we've got a bit of a five-year plan at the moment. It really depends on which side of things you look at. So we have a big focus on at the moment at our high-stakes summative exams, mm -hmm. which is something that's very specific. We know exactly what we need to try and, and achieve in that area. What I would like to do is start moving towards um, more creative, formative e-assessment and um, also feedback. Mm. I know everybody talks about feedback. Feedback is an absolute <laughs> nightmare. Everybody knows it is. Um, but I think using platforms like Surpass can help um, the feedback process in that you can um, have more effective signposting, which I think is not something we don't see enough of. If students are doing formative assessment, they should be getting feedback, but they should also be signposted towards things. If they're getting something wrong, they need to know exactly what they need to go back and revise and learn um, again. And I'm, I'm always encouraging people to, to signpost in their feedback. Mm. So I would love to do a project around that in the future. Yeah. Well, that sounds really exciting. Um, we'll leave it there. Best of luck for your talk this afternoon. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the alt and we'll speak soon. Thanks very much. So it was excellent to hear Laura um, speaking there just ahead of her presentation. Um, uh, obviously, speaking to someone before this, uh, they, they stand up in front of a large delegation, uh, especially on day three of a conference. It's always going to be a challenge, but um, she did really, really well then, didn't she? Um, what was your kind of main takeaways then from the kind of conversation with Laura? Uh, kind of two things. So, so her interest um, in Ollie's talk around imaginative play and learning. Um, it's something that, that when you talk about yourself as an adult, you always say, oh, I'm just so serious now, I'm so sensible. And it's like, I loved his contradiction and her kind of enthusiasm to his contradiction that actually there's no need for us to be like that. Actually, we still learn every day. and Why not make that learning fun and engaging and a bit different? And obviously, she then brought that up when she talked about the future of IVI assessment at Cardiff University and talked about how you know, she wants to have more creativity in, in the assessment um, space, in the e-assessment space. And then also more of that kind of engagement in terms of feedback. So when, you're, when you are trying to assess your own knowledge, 
getting feedback as to where you're going right, where you're going wrong. And feedback's a, a critical point within higher education and increasingly other uh, sectors as well. But it's something that I, I know we've always been quite proud of. It's fast that it's something that you can do really well within the platform, whether it's item level through to test level. Yeah, absolutely. And we're always working on new features that are helping to expand and, and uh, improve all of that software so that everything works as effectively as possible. Nice plug for the UX team. Thank there. you. Okay, <laughs> okay so let's, uh, let's talk to uh, uh, Marin Deepal. Now, Marin is the one of the organisers. I think she's the CEO of uh, yes. ALT, isn't yeah, she? Yes, she is. So we managed to get her on, on day three. Um, and A it very was, busy lady. Oh, right? very busy. Um, and it was great to kind of know of her during the conference and then actually get some one-to-one time to find out about how she felt the success of the conference was. Um, and I did did try and find out as much as I could about the conference the next year, but she wasn't giving away much. All right, okay, excellent. So let's have a, let's have a listen to Marin Deep on that. Uh, thank you for talking to me. We're on nearly the afternoon of day three. Um, how's the conference been? Oh, well, thank you for having me, and thanks to everybody who's listening. And the conference has been a very packed three days. <laughs> this is um, the Association for Learning Technology's 26th annual conference. Mm-hmm. So our community is now three decades in the making. And this year we've in, welcomed maybe 470-odd delegates over the three days. So we've had a very busy time, but many highlights. Yeah, absolutely. So what have been the specific highlights for you? What's really kind of made you buzz? Well, I think um, for me, because as Chief Executive of ALP, I work with the co-chairs, the three volunteers who lead the organising of the conference, and so we really started planning more than a year ago. Mm. And so for me, the opening of the conference on day one, when we see everybody kind of come together in person rather than online, um, is always a real highlight. And I thought that the keynote that Sue Beckingham gave on day one was really strongly aligned to the themes that we have this year, sort of data, dialogue, and doing. And one of the things that really stood out for me from Sue was that she spoke a lot about students mm-hmm. and students' um, digital literacies and the skills that they need to kind of engage with social media and with technology used in learning, teaching, and assessment. So I think from Sue's kind of setting the tone, thinking about sort of the learners, thinking about the student voice, and um, that's been one of the themes that's come out for me um, throughout the whole of the three days. Yeah, absolutely. And Ross Walker, one of our attendees, um, gave a talk yesterday. And Ross has been one of the, um, the leading researchers in accessibility and inclusion for students for the last two or three years in mm-hmm. our community. And um, her work is really coming into kind of culmination. She's disseminating a lot. And really chimed with some of the uh, new legislation for VLEs that's come um, come out last year that the government put into action and it's one of the things that ALT's very active in. We're part of the Further and Higher Education um, steering group to implement that sector-wide. And so we've been actually running monthly webinars in the run-up to the conference on different topics, some very specifically on policy, some more practical sort of about BLE changes and some thinking um, towards assessment as well. So I think accessibility has been a really um, strong theme. But sometimes I think it's also important to realise how far we still have to go. Yeah. Because there's still a lot to do. Um, And one of the things I love about the conference that we're really passionate about is that it's a great platform for celebrating success. 
but we also really try and encourage from the outset of the planning stages people sharing what didn't go well yeah. and maybe you know questions they don't have answers to because it's very much not just then to be a showcase of all that shiny and new and sparkling um, we need to celebrate that too but it's also meant to acknowledge that with technology in education we do have a lot of things that we don't have answers to things are moving very quickly and that makes it very difficult for all of us institutions and the individual practitioners to keep up. Absolutely. I was talking to Laura Roach from there, the University of um, Cardiff earlier, and she was talking about how she's, she's gone through this two-year process to go from paper to pen, paper and pen to, uh, to e-assessment using SPAS. Um, and her her overarching kind of theme and message was around communication and collaboration within that process. You know, you are going onto a digital platform, but you still need to be able to have that clear, really, really in-depth understanding about what's needed. Mm. Um, and I think that's, that's a really important message. Well, just I think building on what you just said, this example that Laura uh, mentioned, um, one of the changes over the last couple of years has really been that We've seen the move from, you know, one classroom sort of case studies, isolated little islands of sort of excellence and innovation to really scaling up. Mm. And I think that's where the challenge comes in in terms of upskilling students, but also staff. Yeah. And I suppose as the, you know, leading professional body for learning technology, the staff piece and the staff development, the recognition for staff skills and um, the further sort of planning for that going forward is our sort of key mission and that's at the heart of everything we do. So I was really heartened actually for people to acknowledge that more and more and they're saying as we're scaling up we're being more ambitious, we're having institution-wide rollouts or you know school-wide rollouts and people are much more investing into people and now Jesse Stommel, one of our keynotes um, on the Wednesday I think encapsulated that very well when he said, you know, we need to invest not just in technology but in people and we need to, to trust people, to trust staff, to trust students and to really do so with heart. Mm. And I felt for me that was a really um, poignant moment because often when we talk about technology and education, particularly on a national scale, I think we really try and, you know, bring out all the graphs and all the data that proves that it's, you know, more cost effective, more efficient, that's somehow measurably better. Mm. Um, but ultimately, I think it's very important, as you emphasized earlier, to really focus on the human dimension as well, because it is really about, you know, people after all, and none of us want to just be, you know, um, sort of not very good stand-in for a spreadsheet yeah. or a database. And so I think for us, our platform, this conference on a national scale, is there to remind people of that and also to give that a voice, to articulate that. And I felt that all of the um, speakers I've seen at this year's conference, in one way or another, brought it back to that, the focus yeah. on skills and, and people. Yeah, absolutely. So, tell me about next year. Ooh. Have you started planning? We have started planning, yes. And today, actually, so traditionally, on the third day of our conference, we always announce where it's going to be. Mm -hmm. So, in about four hours, recording, <laughs> um, all will be revealed. Um, so we moved the conference around to different venues, um, and this was the first time in more than 10 years that we've been back in Edinburgh, mm -hmm. and it's been a beautiful host city. We've been Absolutely. in the very magnificent McEwen Hall for many of the plenary sessions, and if you're following any of this on Twitter at the hashtag OldC, 
you'll be able to see many photos of um, a huge stage and a very historic building. But there's something different every year. Yeah. And um, I think next year we'll probably see more focus again on the ethics around um, using learning analytics, student data. I think assessment will be a key, um, a key theme. I think more and more of our member bodies um, are really looking to scale up their practice in e-assessment. And so I think that probably the part of the, the learning, teaching, assessment piece where we can do most still, most still to achieve. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all is all is still under wraps. Oh well, I'm very excited for four hours time. I can't <laughs> wait to see where it's going to be. Uh, thank you very much for talking to us today. We'll provide loads of links um, to all of the all of the sessions that have been recorded at Alt and the photos that go on the website as and when they're on there. Um, so thank you very much and enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you very much. So that was Marin Deepwell. Um, that's a really quite a fascinating a roundup, really, and a, a kind of summary of the, the, the content of the, the, the conference. I think it's great to hear accessibility being one of the kind of big themes that was, that was coming out, and that must be quite close to you and your team, really. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as, as UX designers, our, our focus is making sure that no matter what, you have the ability to be able to be assessed. Um, as as part of your learning process. So, yeah, accessibility is a huge part of, of our kind of daily working life. Um, and we, we have a dedicated team within the design team who, who focus specifically on accessibility um, for candidates. And so to know that that is reaching out further than just assessment, that it's actually part of the university experience as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's part of people's daily lives, so therefore everything should be accessible um, to everybody. Um, so yeah, to hear that, that that's one of the themes that they're, that they're really focusing on um, it's fantastic. And the, the, there are lots of, for the listeners out there, there are lots of resources that we've been putting out recently, um, discussions with our accessibility team, uh, discussions with the UX team on that kind of subject. So please do uh, look at those, whether it's uh, through the podcast channel or through our webinars on our, on our website. I always find it, I do find it quite interesting because I think that um, mood, kind of implementations and mood on and things like that in universities have always been a very tech level approach mm-hmm. and there's there's never really been much consideration given to uh, to the accessibility or the usability of that uh, experience and I think Marin's right in the fact that there's still a lot to do but I do find it quite interesting that you know they are now talking about going from isolated case studies within classrooms of technology um, implementation of technology through to going full scale and that's that's awesome to hear that 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 changes, and it changes the, the nature of the conversation. It changes the challenge, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you think about how one person can build a little app um, that allows people to connect online, Facebook, started with one person and one really small idea, and look how that's grown. Um, you know, we we want the same for for technology that enhances learning as well. You know, we want to see it everywhere. We want to see the availability of a an online experience that helps aid learning, you know, is really valuable. And things online are more, generally speaking, more accessible than things offline. So, of course, we want to push that as much as possible. And I think one of the, the final points really is that it's important to discuss the failures as well as the successes. Now, in the assessment, I must admit, we do tend to shy away talking about the, the failures because often they're associated with 
uh, people getting their um, uh, hands slapped for regulation yeah. issues and fines. And yeah. Yeah, people do shy away from it, and there's often security implications from uh, failures. But I, I was listening to a podcast about Google, and you know, failure is accepted, and it's, it's part of the process. Yeah. 70% of projects... Yeah, may fail, and that's yeah. that's an important. Yeah, thing. and there's, there, I think there's really different ways in which you can look at failure. You know, legislation is there to ensure that candidates are able to sit exams as and when they need to. You know, there's there's a there's a real reason and a and a benefit for having legislation. But then there's also the other part of failure, which is around experimentation. Um, and one of the things that we've been really pushing within the design team for the last year has been looking at where we have the opportunity to experiment, where it's a safe space, where it's a safe environment, where it isn't going to impact a candidate experience because we're not even touching the actual digital software at that point. We're way before that. Um, And it gives us that opportunity to be able to go, well, let's try this solution out. And if it doesn't work, it's fine. It's not had that impact. And what we're actually doing is, is increasing the quality and the longevity of the product because we're testing it before it's implemented. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, would you go again? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's great three days. Loved it. Was knackered, but it was great. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> um, so, of course, uh, if you want any more information about uh, our work within the assessment space, uh, go to btr.com/surpass. Uh, Surpass is our assessment platform. More podcasts coming out. Also, please do look out for Laura's presentation at the Surpass conference. Um, which she gave a really good insightful uh, presentation about the, the procurement process and that's involved in that. So please do look at that. But thank you for your time today. Thank you, Kat, for going and, and recording. Thank you very much. And uh, we we'll hope to speak to you soon. Thank you and goodbye from us.